Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 123, The Truth About Supplements. Hi everyone, this is once again Shelly Rael, host and founder of Real World Nutrition and a registered dietitian nutritionist. All right, so today I'm addressing dietary supplements and talk about the truth about some common misconceptions about dietary supplements, including facts, FDA regulations, and just a little bit of my preferred, (laughs) trying to say professional and personalized insights. So professional insights as a dietitian as it relates to dietary supplements. So every year I hear people say they want to start taking their supplements regularly. As I've mentioned many times before, I teach classes at my local community college and I've spoken in the past at my universities. I've taught classes at the university, I should say, as well as been a guest speaker. One popular topic is often about dietary supplements. So I see people very much embracing dietary supplements or at least wanting to embrace a supplement routine. And I've seen people just indiscriminately fill their cart, whether it's a real cart or an online cart, with supplements that may look or sound good. Or even more significant, in my opinion, is people who do it because of an influencer or a celebrity is talking about it or claims they promote it. Now, there's also times I've done this where I've done an online quiz to get personalized recommendations. And the challenges with some of those quizzes is they may ask great questions. They do ask great questions. And at the same time, they don't always ask the right questions, which again is more based on an individual need. And then others, I have encountered this many times, and I sure you sure I am sure you have too, is someone talking about specializing in supplements or someone who specializes in supplements, whether that is with direct sales or somebody who works in the supplement aisle at the grocery store or something along that line. So when I say specializes in selling you supplements rather than asking questions about your personal needs and health history, that could be unsafe. All right, so I wanna clarify this. This comes up a lot. I am not anti-dietary supplement. I am pro-education. So I address this because I want people to be informed and educated about dietary supplements. And this is my passion, and I'm not against people taking them appropriately. So in just found some statistics here. So in 2022, 2022, so when I record this just a couple years ago, the global supplement market was valued at 165.7 billion with a B as in boy. And the US dietary supplement market was valued at 50.9 billion with a B. So I just tend to ask people of all that, how much are you contributing? 
Some estimates suggest people are spending that much, and more than half the U.S. population admits they spend more than $40 a month on supplements, and more than 10% admit they spend more than $100 on supplements per month. So for this, I say, for what exactly? So let me first give an overview of dietary supplements and what this means. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration defines a dietary supplement as a product that is taken by mouth that contains a dietary ingredient intended to supplement the diet. So these nutritional ingredients can include vitamins, minerals, herbs, amino acids, which are individual building blocks of protein, or other substances such as enzymes and metabolites. So a couple things here. Supplements do not or should not replace food and good food choices. They supplement our diet. And some people skip over that that part of supplement. So I'm going to talk about intended use here in just a second. Actually, yeah, sorry, intended use. So looking at my notes here. So the key points about this dietary supplement definition by the FDA. So first thing, intended use. So again, intended to supplement, supplement the diet and provide nutrients that may need to be added or consumed in sufficient quantities through food alone. So it's just an example I'll say is vitamin D. It The intended use is to supplement and provide nutrient, the nutrient vitamin D, that needs to be consumed in a sufficient quantity and it just cannot be met by food alone. Now, next up, the definition dietary ingredient. So that refers to the various substances that's present in the dietary supplement. And as I said, some of these already, things like vitamins, minerals, herbs, amino acids, and some other substances. Now the form, so again, remember I said it needs to be taken by mouth, but this form can include tablets, capsules, powders, soft gels, gel caps, liquids, and other forms. So this is where I ask if the definition of a supplement is that it's taken by mouth, when people are promoting vitamin patches, I don't even I don't even know where to start with that because there's not that's not how vitamins are taken and those aren't supplements. And then for labeling, this is important. Labeling, so the FDA regulates the labeling of the dietary supplements to ensure that consumers get accurate and truthful information. So the labeling includes information on the supplement facts panel, ingredients list, and health claims. So I keep saying labeling as an emphasis here because this last part here is what slips through the cracks or what people don't fully understand. So despite what people believe, the FDA does not test any products before they go to market as it relates to dietary supplements. So let me restate that. The FDA does not test nor approve dietary supplements before they go to market. It's they regulate the labeling of those products. So I often say some companies are fast and loose with some of that information. So an example may be they may have ingredients in the product, 
that is not on the label, and that's not legal, but it happens. And the FDA regulates dietary supplements and that it does not test the products. So here's the thing. They do not, or they, the supplements are not subject to the same rigorous pre-market testing and approval process as pharmaceutical drugs. Now, people may have their opinions about that. They love that. They hate that. Whatever that case may be, I'm more concerned that people think that they are rigorously tested when they are not. Here's who's, in, I should say, they are not rigorously tested by the FDA, manufacturers, those who make the dietary supplements for us, they are the ones who are responsible for ensuring that their products safety and or their products are in compliance with safety and labeling. And the FDA monitors the market for safety concerns and takes action when necessary after it comes to market. So let me make something a little bit more clear here. They monitor the market for safety concerns. What does that mean? Well, if they find out there's adverse effects, they will monitor that. Or if they find get wind of something, and they're sure there's a major process of that, they can they can take action. But here's the thing too: I've talked to people who have had adverse effects related to dietary supplements, and I've asked them, "Did you report it?" And you can probably guess how many people report it. So the FDA doesn't know all the adverse effects because people don't always report it. Now, I saw somebody in the hospital one time, and they were really sick, and it was attributed to a dietary supplement. So the doctors did say it was going to be reported and had the pharmacist report this information. But that's just one case that I've ever heard of of somebody I know or a case that I've been related to where somebody's been reported or the report has gone through. I've talked to so many people who have had negative or adverse effects who have never reported it. So again, you can blame the FDA all you want for this, but this is where I just go to Congress back in the early 90s. Yes, that Congress, the United States Congress up on Capitol Hill, they put a piece of legislation together that took the FDA's authority to regulate and just did the labeling aspect under what is called the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. So that's, we call that DSHEA. So this has been something that's come up or has been going on for 30 years now. And again, people still are highly uneducated about how supplements are regulated. So Often, when people learn about this aspect of the regulation or lack thereof, they're shocked. I've had somebody tell me I was wrong. Others have gone so far to claim that the supplement company that they sell for, they sell directly to consumers, so a direct sales person, told me straight up while I was at the dog park that the company she sells for is FDA approved. Now, I didn't argue that, but that's... To be clear, the FDA does not approve any supplements. They may inspect facilities to ensure that the facility is in compliance, but they don't pull supplements and they don't test them. They don't approve them. That's it, period, as the law is written now. 
So consumers are encouraged to make informed choices and consult with healthcare professionals before using any dietary supplements, especially if they have underlying health conditions or are taking medications. So people think, oh, this is no big deal. It wouldn't be allowed on the market if it wasn't safe. Oh, gosh, that is so wrong. Trust me, so wrong. But I've had people say that to me. So they assume supplements are safe, but some can interfere with medications. Others can contribute to faulty lab results. Others can cause an allergic reaction. And others can complicate a pre-existing medication or medical diagnosis. And several times I've stopped someone. I've stopped someone. I shouldn't say stop someone. I've discouraged them to be informed. I've encouraged them to be informed and discouraged them from buying a supplement because of a contradiction, contraindication, I should say, with their existing health condition. So the supplement salesperson may not know you enough. I've had clients who have high blood pressure and then they're encouraged by their coworker to buy into this shake supplement that they sell. And I'm like, well, do they, you know, this ingredient in this shake is not a good idea for you to have with your high blood pressure. That's, that's not good. And they're like, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, well, did you tell the person you had high blood pressure? Not that that's anybody's business. And they said, no, but I also guarantee you the person selling the supplement probably didn't know it was a contraindication either. And in the past, and it could be still happening now, individuals and families have sued other individuals for encouraging supplements to people with pre-existing medical conditions, which resulted in death or severe injury. So back in the late 2000s, sorry, not late 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, there were some very popular dietary supplements that were purported to increase metabolism. They had stimulants in them and it caused and contributed to a lot of deaths. And I just would use one case study where a personal trainer had encouraged somebody to use this supplement, even purportedly walked with them to the store to show them where they get it on the shelf. And that person died from a stroke, and they had pre-existing medical condition that increased their risk of getting a stroke when they had these excess amounts of stimulants. So I just tell people, you can, yeah, maybe taking that vitamin C is no big deal, but just be careful. Know what the heck is going on and what you were doing. So I want to address some changing times here, whether to recommend or not recommend. Going back to that same time period, this was early in my career in the early 2000s, often recommended supplements from a multivitamin to vitamin C, vitamin E, calcium, but I do not do that anymore. Why? Well, because back then, these supplements had a lot of promise, had a lot of potential benefits. That's what we thought. And the idea of all these benefits, it was promising. And then what happened? Research. Ah, research. Ah, that darn research telling us things we think isn't, aren't as great as we once thought. So research and more research and more research. And it turns out it probably isn't the isolated nutrient like the C or the E or the calcium, but the synergistic effect of that nutrient in combination with other nutrients and other potential components 
in the food that we've yet to identify. So over and over and over again, the supplement doesn't show the same benefit as the whole food. It just has not shown the same benefit. I would love to say yes, but it doesn't. I don't know why I say I would love to say yes, but we just know, or the research is showing, that it just doesn't show the same benefit. Now, here's the thing. This is a generalization. Taking a multivitamin or any dietary supplement can benefit specific individuals, but it's essential to consider individual health needs and nutritional habits. So you may need a supplement, but I don't know you, so it would be irresponsible for me to say to this podcast audience, well, how about this supplement and this supplement? Because I have no idea who you are and what your needs are. So I don't make broad or sweeping recommendations, and hopefully you aren't taking something without a legitimate reason. Again, not because an influencer has told you or some celebrity has talked about it. And I just say this, oh my gosh, teaching college classes, there's this family from California with their last name that starts with a K and some start with a J and people just a certain segment of my classes just take supplements just because it's supposed to, it's, it's promoted by these individuals. That drives me a little bit crazy. All right. So if you aren't taking something with legitimate reason, legitimate reason, so the salesperson telling you that you need this one or the gym guy or gal saying, hey, oh my gosh, I, you know, take this, this, and this, and I got mass gains. It's just like, well, there's other things involved there or mass losses for those who want weight loss. Okay, supplements recommended what is traditionally called bro science. You just don't want to take that too seriously. It's not a good practice. And some people may benefit from supplements for various reasons. So I will address that. And one reason, of course, is to address or correct a diagnosed deficiency. One is diagnosed with a blood test blood test, not a hair test. So not all nutrient deficiencies are tested via blood tests. A hair test is not a legitimate way to assess nutrient intake or deficiencies. So let me give some examples here. Low vitamin D status and low iron status, for example, is detected with a blood test. But a blood test does not detect vitamin C or biotin deficiency. And that's in part because those vitamin C and biotin are water-soluble vitamins, and that takes time. I mean, if you had an orange yesterday, it may be fine, but if you didn't have something rich in vitamin C today, it may show something completely different. But never mind, it doesn't show up in a blood test. Sodium and potassium levels, those are tested with a blood draw, but those change daily. Daily, I see that. You can see somebody's blood draw for seven days in a row in a hospital setting, and those sodium and potassium levels can be different every single day. And whether they're in a good range or not, that's different. But we don't, I mean, there's going to be normal fluctuations. So a test will only tell you those levels that day, not your overall status. So again, only certain things can be detected in a blood test and mean something for supplement use. Some people may benefit from a multivitamin, 
But that's not an across-the-board recommendation for everyone. And even if people say they take it for insurance, we don't see benefits with that. So here are some people that may benefit from a multivitamin. But again, as I go through this list, keep in mind, this is not a recommendation to supplement, but things to consider, things I consider when I address this topic. So here are some groups, some individuals who may benefit from taking a dietary supplement. So individuals with nutrient gaps in their diet, so they may not get enough of those vitamins and minerals alone. So this could be an example of somebody with severe food allergies or somebody with disordered eating who is really, really significantly have major food groups they can't have or significantly limiting their food intake. Individuals who have chosen dietary restrictions, so this could be vegetarians or vegans, they may be at risk for certain nutrient deficiencies. Again, this is not across the board. So people think B12, and B12 is a potential risk. However, it is B12 is added to cereals and breads and other enriched foods. So I have to look at the overall diet pattern for individuals who have dietary restrictions. Certain health conditions. So people with a health condition might affect nutrient absorption or has a specific increase in nutrient requirements may benefit. This could be somebody with a malabsorption issue or certain chronic health conditions. Pregnant or breastfeeding individuals. All right, when we're going through pregnancy or breastfeeding, there are just some nutrients that just are so high during those times, and this is not all nutrients, certain nutrients, it is almost impossible to get it from food alone. And a lot of times it's just because of those increased nutrient needs, these individuals may benefit from a prenatal or postnatal multivitamin. And if they're teens, even more increased needs. And here's the thing. I get this. This is funny to me, but it's a legitimate question. People ask if it's okay to take a prenatal vitamin if they're not pregnant. Yes, nothing's going to happen. And in some hospital settings, um, people who are at risk of alcohol withdrawal or detox are given a multivitamin. In some cases, they just have them prenatal vitamin nothing's going to happen. I mean, I don't know what the concern is, like you're going to get pregnant or something if you're taking a multivitamin that's targeted for people with pregnancy, but it's not, it's not a problem. Elderly individuals. So uh, the definition of elderly individuals changes as I get older, but this can just vary based on certain things. So people over 65 are considered elderly, older adult population, don't get mad at me, is 50 and up. So there may be some nutrients or some, yeah, some nutrients that are difficult to get from food alone. And this could be in part, especially with older adults, older, older adults, reduced appetite, potential absorption issues, or medication interactions. So an example is B12 becomes more challenging to absorb or utilize from food as we get older based on changing things in the GI tract. 
And so B12 may be recommended for older adults. And that would be by mouth, not a shot, unless the doctor says you need it. Those with limited sun exposure. So individuals with limited sun exposure may need a vitamin D supplement. And this is because this vitamin is technically not a vitamin, we realize, but it's primarily synthesizer made through exposure to sunlight from the skin. So people who live in northern hemispheres or don't get out a lot or just actively, actively cover up every time they step outside may need a vitamin D supplement. Again, this is one that can be tested via a blood test. So I tell people, well, check your vitamin D level first. And then the last subgroup here that I'm addressing is athletes or physically active individuals. Now, hopefully everybody's physically active, but those who engage in intense physical activity may have some increased nutrient requirements and a multivitamin or some type of supplement for them may help fill potential gaps. And this is not necessarily individual amino acids because that's going to throw things off. So those are the seven groups of people that may need a multivitamin, not a multivitamin, a dietary supplement. And again, it's important to note that supplements can be beneficial in certain situations, but they should not replace the balance and varied diet. So if you want to find the balance of food versus supplements, this is where I say, hey, that's my job here. So those of us who are registered dietitian, nutritionists can help you with that. So that can be myself or somebody that you have in your sphere, a dietitian in your sphere. And not everybody specializes in that. So we have our specialty areas as well. So you can reach out to me and schedule a call and we could talk more. But I always tell people we want to determine individual nutrient needs and whether supplemental supplementation is appropriate for you. And personalized advice considers factors like age, gender, health status, and lifestyle, and more than the person who's selling you the supplements. And I just wanted to throw in one more thing here, is that um, whether you smoke or don't smoke can affect certain nutrient needs. Most people are shocked by that. And I just want to say this before I sign off for today. I do not personally sell supplements. And with many offers to jump into selling supplements, I will not. And if I recommend a supplement, I will not recommend any specific brand or brands to purchase. So having seen the backside of, or the lab, not the lab, the uh, manufacturing side of dietary supplements, trust me, paying more isn't better. Trust me. So if I ever recommend a supplement, it would be one that you could find at your local pharmacy, grocery store, big box store, whatever that case may be. All right, so next up next week, I'm gonna talk more about dietary supplements. I'm gonna address the five most common or popular dietary supplements, why people choose them, and whether they are even worth your investment. Some are and some are not. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. That is Real World Nutrition. Thanks for listening. As always, take a look at the show notes. You can see what's coming up with some programming, virtual programming, as well as how to schedule a free 30-minute discovery call with me. And if you want to talk about your supplement needs or whether 
you should be getting, you even need them, or whether or not you were getting plenty from food. That is partly what I can address. All right, everyone, you take care. Bye for now.